So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's mvmt-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. Welcome everyone. It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. And today we are talking with Jenny Shubring. Jenny is a life coach at Embrace Your Story in Green Bay and has the goal to help you uncover who you are and become your best self. So Jenny, thank you for uh, joining me and talking with me today. I am super excited. This is the first time we've met, so that's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> I know you've you've talked with Erica a couple times. Met yep. with for quite a while. Yes, that what it seems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. I, when uh, I was working with some people, I kept looking like, oh wow, she's still not here. She's still not here. They must be <laughs> hitting it off, and it's going well. <laughs> yes, it has been. We we met once, and then we're like, we need to do that again. So we made sure that it happened again. So yeah, I'm and it sounds like. Last. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like it's going to be a continuing thing. So I w- I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I've been jealous of what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, could you, I mean, I'm, in- I'm always interested in people's backstories because I think it tells a lot of whys, why they are where they're at now. So if you can, you know, um, how did Embrace Your Story and how did you become a life coach? That is a really great question Um, because life coaching is one of those things that are like talked about, but now coach is a real trendy word. Mm -hmm. And so it means different things to different people. Even amongst the life coaching world, there's so many definitions. So um, getting to know what it means for each person is really part of, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So um, the way I got into it was um, through my church, actually. So our our church got this grant. This was 10, 12 years ago already. Um, and they got a grant to do this transformational discipleship process. 18 months, pretty intense, a lot of learning, a lot of self-development. But one of the key pieces that they included in it is that we got a life coach as we went through the process. And my life coach, um, she was amazing. Um, and what she walked me through and was willing to, to go deep with me on mm-hmm. was, was life-changing for me. And um, so that was my first experience with a life coach. I did have a friend who was a life coach years ago, and we did like a 20-minute session once, but I also had real little kids and mm-hmm. was, you know, was one of those like chaotic, um, this would be really nice if I could actually take a shower today, you know, so <laughs> it wasn't top on the priority yeah. and probably what it would have served me really well had I been in the mindset 
mm-hmm. to do it. But um, so for me to experience it for this 18 months was pivotal for me. And um, shortly after that, I got a job actually with my life, but she's also a counselor. Okay. They have a small counseling agency inside our church um, and they needed a receptionist. So I was the receptionist and it was a very small office. So if somebody's in the waiting room, like it would be awkward not to talk, okay. which is not a problem for me. I love to talk. <laughs> And what was happening is people started coming into their sessions um, 20, 30 minutes before their session started in order to have a conversation with me. It was like the prep before we went into counseling. I see where this is going. (laughs) It was so fun. Um, And the counselors took notice and they said, Jenny, um, you should really go back to school, get your counseling degree, and you should work with us. Okay. Which sounds amazing, except for I am, we're going to talk about this in a little bit because mm-hmm. we just discussed that you are a learner. <laughs> I am not a learner. Okay. And going back to school sounded horrible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not something that I love to do. Um, and I love, I do enjoy learning, mm-hmm. just not in a classroom. Yeah, setting. totally agree. Um, and with my kids and I was homeschooling at the time, it was not did not sound like something I wanted to do. Um, In the meantime, the person who developed the process of transformational discipleship, he is actually a coach in in Michigan. He does executive coaching. And he um, kept working with me. I asked him, I said, hey, I don't want this to end. Are you, you know, what can we do? And he's like, well, since you asked, I will love, I would love to work with you. So he coached me. He's still my coach. And he um, really walked me through a lot of, he did a lot of training with me. Um, and he's, and this whole idea of like, I would love to coach. Mm-hmm. I would love to do this. Um, and then I wouldn't have to go to school. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> um, and, and I can make it my own. Um, I will tell you though, Trevor, I do not love the idea of starting my own business terrified mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I recognized that in order for me to coach, I needed to start my own business. Um, and I could have done it under um, Living Hope Counseling. They were, they were so supportive of the whole process. Um, but they, people go there for counseling. Mm-hmm. And it can be such a fine line that we didn't want um, we, we to ha- to try to make that definitive line especially because in, in counseling, you can take insurance. Mm-hmm. In, in coaching, there's no third-party overseer, so there's no insurance or anything like that involved. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like a, a good thing to break away. And I refer people to them. They refer people to me. Yeah. Like, it's a wonderful partnership. Um, and so that's kind of, that was about four years ago that I said, okay, I'm going to make it a business. I made my LLC. Um, the whole business thing, like I said, freaked me out. Um, at the same time, I had a friend who was doing a women's business conference and I said, I should go to that. And that was really powerful for me because I walked in there going, there's no way. And when I, in two days I was walking out going, I could do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I could start a business. So I started my business. Um, and I. I did the things that needed to be done. I did it virtually. 
um, because because I didn't know how to, I didn't have a space, mm-hmm. you know. Um, sometimes I did, uh, in, if I could find local clients, awesome. And we'd meet at coffee shops and things like that, um, and which was fine. But then in 2020, last year, I was like, I am going to focus on local. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do local. I'm going to push local. And, um, and then COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's all so you got. Say no more. <laughs> right. So local came off the table. And yet it made it, it was such a drive for me to do that. So, um, and COVID was hit in so many different ways. So mm-hmm. connections, all sorts were, were struggling. So then when 2021 came around and um, I, I actually had, did a service with um, a friend of mine um, who her office is right across the hall. And I met with her and then I said to her, um, do you like this space? And she's like, yes, I love it. She goes, and there's an office open. Mm-hmm. You should look into it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I go and I tell my husband about it. He's like, you are absolutely ready for this. Nice. Good <laughs> so for him. Like, and within two weeks, I have my own space. And that has just, that happened in February. And okay. it has done amazing things for my mindset, has done amazing things for people to come in and have a safe space to talk and stuff. So that was a huge thing that just happened. And it's been such a blessing. That's awesome. That That's big. I think coming out of the year of COVID, the face-to-face stuff, it's so important. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people need that and they need to see facial expressions. They need to have conversations. They need this just, I mean, they need connections. People need people, regardless of what they say. They need people and they need those conversations. So I would think having a space would really help. And especially for what you're doing, just meeting in person can be so valuable, I'm sure. Absolutely. It has been such a game changer. I knew it would be, but you still, you know, it's, it, I still was hesitant, but I'm so grateful. My husband was like, just do yeah. it. <laughs> like, so here I am doing it. So. <laughs> Good for him. I feel you with all of the uh, fears around starting your own business and everything like that. I mean, I never pictured myself having my own business. It was mm. Erica. She was like her three to five year plan was at one point to open up her own practice. And she was like, you know, you could start it. Cause I mean, I was unhappy with what I was doing and where I was. Mm-hmm. And soon as she said that it was like, things started to fall into place. And That's it's okay. just been the best thing that could ever have happened to me, like professionally, but also personally, it's, it's the fear and anxiety around it. But then you just kind of lean into that. I was talking with a group, um, about that leaning into if, if you're uncomfortable doing something and there's fear and anxiety around it lean into it because it's obviously something you think you should be doing um <laughs> right and, and that's something i need to personally work on as well but i mean opening up your own space good for your husband for telling you to go for it yeah he's good like that <laughs> he, he started his own business last year too so it's, oh, okay. that was part wow. of it too but it's been a great great journey and, and I think that's, you know, part of, you know, the whole process, the things that I learned in my being coached um, were the, the pieces that I really like to incorporate with my coaching. So the, the idea of, of knowing who, who I am, right, and, and knowing what I bring to the table and knowing 
um, what drives me, all of those things. Um, I, I found like three really specific things that I, I do in all my coaching is really people focusing on people's strengths, people's values, and their story. Okay. And you start putting those three things together. Um, those are the things that really are driving us. And, and so when I started learning those about myself, I was empowered. I was confident. I, I stepped into this person that who I was created to be mm-hmm. and, and having somebody outside of myself showing me that and, and not telling me, but showing me mm-hmm. um, by questions, by, by story, by all those types of things. I was able to step into that. And, and it was so wonderful for me that I was like, this, this is what I want to do for other people, mm-hmm. especially when I can take that, that person who, who can't see it for themselves. You know, how often we, we say that about people we love, like, if you could just see yourself the way I see you. Yeah, true. And that's what I get to do is help people see themselves for who they are and, and all the goodness that, that comes with that. That's really awesome. And it's important for people yes. to find that. It's almost like a sense of self-worth, I'm assuming. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and so that, that's been, that has been so par- a part of, of what I get to do. And it it's impacts so many different areas of our life. You know, so um, when I think of it, it the way that it, it empowered me, but then how my interactions with my husband shifted, mm-hmm. my interactions with my children shifted, and my interactions with, you know, my community, all of those things are so greatly impacted by what I went through on coaching. And mm-hmm. so if I can help people see that and see how it impacts their world, um, man, if everybody would just would, would have that, you know, mm-hmm. how the connections, the community, um, people just do good things then when they recognize it. For sure. It's a domino effect. They feel better mm-hmm. about themselves and it just radiates off of them and it makes everything else better. I, yes. I, I would think that's just me spitballing, but that's, my, right. that's what I would <laughs> <Right>. think. <laughs> right and it's not easy i think that's the thing like to to have a coach you have to be willing to be vulnerable you have to be willing to open up you can't change what you're not willing to um be aware of Mm -hmm. so being able to hold on to those things um to be able to you know recognize those things um that's what i get to do as a coach is help people recognize those things and and that's not pleasant all the time um it and it it's hard work it's a lot of self-reflection it's being accepting what is instead of what we wished or what we should Mm. um and and so it's not easy so that's always like when marketing for life coaching you know it's like come work with me it's gonna suck but you're gonna love it at the end (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's not a you know a headline you want to put out there but really being having a life coach is a lot of, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. And um, at least if you're working with me, it's hard work. Um, (laughs) I do have friends that are coaches that are very much like, you know, um, feel good butterflies and glitter and, and, and which is great. Um, But to me, there's so much value in going deeper and hitting those hard spots. I Mm -hmm. always figure 
it was a win if if you swore at me or if you cried during session, you nice. know, because then I hit, hit a nerve, you know, right. um, and that's that's where the growth happens. It, it really is. And, you know, not, the, the thing that keeps popping in my head while you're talking is nothing worth it comes easy. I mean, everything right. takes a little bit of work and it's usually those processes and those things that are difficult that yield the best results and just the feeling of improvement and, and whatnot. We, we do that as well. I mean, obviously we're working with people's um, aches, pains, injuries, movements, but we always try to get to that deeper meaning. Like, why is it important? Why do you want to get better? Because that will help us understand them better, connect with them better, and really drive us to make sure that they reach those goals. Because mm-hmm. we wouldn't be doing people justice if we weren't helping them live the life that they want to live. And, and it's difficult. I mean, it, it's difficult, but again, worth it, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and what you've hit on too is that, you know, people are motivated differently. Mm-hmm. Like some people are motivated by goals and achievements. Some people are motivated by relationships and, and um, th- those types of things. And so, you know, that's why, and I'm, I'm trying to do a segue into the strengths because I'm so curious as to what your strengths well, are. And I was going <laughs> to ask what the process was. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> um, and so... You know, um, one of the things that I do with with every one of my clients that walks through my door is, and and I I pay for it because I find it so valuable is for people to take the um, Clifton Strengths Finder, mm-hmm. and um, what a real brief description is, uh, Gallup put together this assessment that you it lays out your top or it lays out thirty four strengths, and you can pay for all thirty four, but I actually really recommend just to focus on the top five. And, um, and what I love about this one, there's so many personality tests out there. There's so many different things out there. Um, but what I love about the Strengths Finder is that they have an insights report that automatically comes and it talks about your top five strengths and how you use them. And it's so specific to you that for somebody to have the same top five strengths in the same order with the same readout is one in 33 million. Wow. Really? So it's not your canned response. Oh, you have learner. Okay, this is what it means. Mm-hmm. It's you have learner. This is how you use it. Mm. So my husband and I share two strengths. Our write ups are different hmm. on, because we use them differently. And so it makes it so specific to you. Um, and, and so as a coach, knowing your strengths, I'm going to be able to coach you better. Because I can see how you're motivated, how you're wired. Because I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna speak to you and ask you different questions as um, if somebody is high achiever versus somebody who is um, deliberative mm-hmm. or highly empathetic. Like those, there's going to be a different way to go about things. Mm-hmm. So having that piece for me is is crucial in coaching. But then it's also a beautiful piece of learning, starting to see your value and where what you have to offer the world. Yeah. So that's that's the first step when somebody comes to work with you. They're just that's going to be done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. And and I'm all I'm one of my strengths is adaptability. So I really make it fluid. So if somebody's coming in here with 
in crisis mode, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the crisis, Mm -hmm. right? I'll have them take the assessment and I'll put in the back of my my head and Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll work through um, whatever we're going through. But at the base of that still, now I have that knowledge of being able to say, okay, even if you're going through something hard right now, your strengths have something to do with it. Mm And so we can speak to that underlying thing. It's not necessarily always going to be like, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about your strengths today. We will eventually, but if it, that's not serving you the best right now, that's okay too, mm-hmm. and we won't get to it right away. So I'm not a program coach. A lot of coaches are. Like coaches have like, this is my program. You come in and we're going to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work that way. I have these tools Mm -hmm. that I love to use. um, But I also have that adaptability piece that can be like, okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And if that means that we need to put this off, by all means, we're doing that because we need to address what you want to address. You get to come with the agenda and we go from there. That's huge. That, I mean, talk about everything being individualized to the person Mm -hmm. and not just following a written out, here's what we're doing plan. That, that's massive. Well, and I found, you know, some people really, some people want to be coached every week. Mm-hmm. Some people want to have updates like once a month. I have one client, my first client, she's been with me for the, the full four years. And sometimes it's once a month and all of a sudden something will come up. She's like, I really want to work through this. Can we meet, you know, a couple times mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks? Yes, absolutely. Be- because you know what you need. Right. And I want to be able to bring that to you and not say, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. That, that is one of the things that I get to do differently. I think that's one of the things that sets me apart from a lot of coaches. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that because I, I feel like it is the best way that I can serve. And that just switched. I will say I had packages for a while where you met twice a month and mm. then you do this story intensive day and stuff like that. And it just never felt off. And then when I looked at how I do things, that's not how I do things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now if somebody comes in and needs that structure, mm-hmm. then we'll sit down and say, okay, here's what we're going to, then we will structure it out mm-hmm. and, and we'll make it, you know, do you want to do it, commit to six months? We'll commit to six months and we'll lay it all out and, and go from there. So I have that, I, it really is customizable. Yeah. Like, I will custom design it to what your needs are. That's what it sounds like. And that's awesome. I think that, that's huge. I, that's huge for people to have that. And yeah, that's, I got nothing. That's great. I love it. I, I truly do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so for fun, like yep. we, we talked about strengths. So, it, and you took the strengths finder. I did. <laughs> and your top five are? Um, in order. If you have them in order, I yes. do. I, I just took a screenshot of what popped up. Okay. Perfect. So number one was restorative. Okay. Number two was harmony. Number three was intellection. Four was learner. And five was responsibility. Okay. What's that say about me? Lots, but oh. really. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so if you just screenshot, did you not? I'm assuming you didn't read a lot no, of the things. No, I didn't. And, and so, which is fine. Um, but when you look at what you do, mm-hmm. and even the word restorative, 
Like, what would what does that even mean for you? To me, like, like I didn't look at it, but the first thing was like, oh yeah. I mean, I want to fix problems. <laughs> I want to make things better because I don't yes. like when things are wrong. Right. Yeah. And and look what you're doing. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's at the core of what your your drives your business mm-hmm. and how you care for people. True. <laughs> and so, um, and so one of the things is you know you get to look at at what that restorative is and and then see how it shows up in your work okay. how it shows up in in your um in your relationships um how it shows up that feeling when you get really invigorated mm-hmm. your restorative is in, is active if you think about the last time you did something that you were like this was awesome i can't wait to do this again mm-hmm. can you think of something oh yeah something combined okay so what what was that it's honestly one of the biggest things was um with work you know had somebody years and years of headaches it's no longer an issue and i think that because it was detrimental it it was severely impacting quality of life and that is one of the most recent things where i just felt like so good about it it was i mean they they came in the last time and were just so energetic and happy and you could tell like things were i knew right away that they were gonna be like i don't even remember the last time i had one and that to me is Mm. pretty cool because it's quality of life at that point that was being impacted and we were able to take care of that and very gratifying i mean that's that's what it's about is just trying to help people get their lives back yeah and that's at the core of what restorative is right so the the beauty the power of restorative is and this is very much generalization but we're just going to do that for now i'll tell you to make sure you read your insight report yeah i, um, I didn't even know <laughs> yeah there, you, there's a bunch of reports in there so okay. there's they're super fun um but at the core of restorative is to make whole mm. and and that's what you're you're doing with people's bodies mm-hmm. you are restoring them you're making them whole and and so that feeling of invigoration comes when we are working within our strengths Mm -hmm. and we live in a culture so often that um that focuses on our weaknesses we always think it's so easy to go to that point of like oh i'm not good at this i really need to spend time and get better at Mm -hmm. this um and one of my favorite exercises that i do with people um, is, is I have them write their first and last, or first and middle name. Okay. So do you have a pen and paper? I do. Okay, so write your first and middle name. Okay. Doing it. And then okay. write your last name in your non-dominant hand. <laughs> Left-handed? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, good thing nobody can see this. <laughs> Oh man, not my poor dad's left-handed. Now I know what he goes through. <laughs> okay. So, what did you notice about the differences between your dominant and your non-dominant hand? Well, the first thing is coordination. <laughs> In my mm-hmm. my left hand, like fine motor skills, just were not there. <laughs> sure. And like between hands, it just well, just in ju- what did you notice as you were writing? Yeah, it just looks bad. It it's, looks bad. Yep. It's not. I can read it, but in the middle, it's kind of like what's going on right there. 
Um, there's a squiggly line where I don't think there should be a squiggly line. <laughs> um, and it just, it just didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right. Sure. And so what I believe and what, what I've learned is that when we focus on our weaknesses and work on fixing our weaknesses, we choose to use our left hand or our mm. non-dominant hand. We are choosing to, but mm. we are choosing to make it. It, it, it takes more effort. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. It takes more time. It is frustrating, and it doesn't come out the way mm, yeah. <laughs> that we hope. Yeah, right? It shouldn't look like my last name should not look like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and and when we do that, when when we we choose to write with our dominant hand, it comes naturally. It's what we do. We mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You just wrote it. You didn't have to concentrate. It just was ingrained on how you did things. And same with our strengths. When we are working within our strengths, it comes naturally. We're efficient. We enjoy it. We don't even think about it because it's just why it's how we're wired mm-hmm. and it's how we do things. And, and yet, so often we're like, yeah, but we really need to work on this. Now, can you do it? Like there are times where you have to do things outside of your strengths. Mm-hmm. That is a given. And can you do it? Absolutely. But how, how often do we, if we have to get to that point, do we give ourselves grace to say, this isn't our strength mm-hmm. and that's okay. So it might take me longer. It may not be as good as I had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. That is really, that was one of the questions, I think, in the test as well as do you focus more on strengths or focus more on weaknesses? I put strongly agree. I, now I know why Erica wanted me to take this because, <laughs> because <laughs> for years I should have done it. But I, I think I answer my weaknesses just because that's just, I, I just want to get better. And, mm-hmm. but like you were kind of stating, it significantly impacts my mood. It makes me more irritable. It, if I'm asked how my day was, if I feel like I spent more time doing things I really don't care too much about, it was never a good day and, and stuff like that. So that's really, that's really interesting. I never really, it makes sense. I mean, you're told mm-hmm. that, like, but like you said, it's things are focusing on improvement rather than on building on what you're already passionate and good at. And, you know, to be fair, your number one strength is restorative. So part of it is to find what's wrong and want to fix it. So, point. True. <laughs> so, so true. I, and then the other part of it that comes with this then is, um, and this gets more, not so much life coaching one-on-one, but helping people understand that that's where community is so big. Um, I, I joke, but I didn't, we have this idea that, if we don't like it, everybody doesn't like it. Mm. And, and I remember being shocked to find out that one of my good friends loves to do spreadsheets. Like, mortifying. Like, who does that? You yeah. know, and, and she gets <laughs> giddy about them, wow. right? So something that would, if I were to put together a spreadsheet, it takes a ton of time because I got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I got to remember the formulas or whatever. And now I can legitimately just send her an email, say, can you can you put this spreadsheet together for me? And it's done in 15 minutes. Wow. Way better than I thought it would ever be. Mm-hmm. And she was excited to do it. <laughs> you know, so 
how cool is that when you look at that interaction that she feels valued because she gets to bring something to the table. I have now released myself of like probably three hours of torment. Mm -hmm. And and now I have something quickly, efficiently, and two people are really happy about it. True. (laughs) And so being able to recognize, you know, our strengths, but then when you get to start recognizing the strengths in your community and, Mm -hmm. you know, with you and Erica, being able to see how those strengths can work together, Mm -hmm. like that ends up being such a powerhouse. And, and without having that self-awareness, sometimes those strengths, when we don't know them, end up being in conflict. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of, that's always been one of my biggest things is there are so many experts in fields for a reason. And when people try to do a little bit of everything, it never benefits one themselves, but to the person that they're doing it for. There are, there are people in those fields for a reason. And when you all work together for the good of a cause, everybody's doing what they enjoy doing. And the product or the end result is always so much better. And like in our instance, if we have like this team to help one person achieve their goals, get their life back, do this or that, whatever they want, it one not only reflects on us and we're not just getting the satisfaction we wanted, but they're achieving what they set out to do. And it's all these people coming together for the good of one person. Absolutely. Yes. And, and really the community is golden, right? Mm -hmm. When everybody gets to bring their piece to the table. For sure. Absolutely. So what does it say about me? What's the top five? So it it goes through the top five and Mm -hmm. like, obviously one being the top, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. And then you just build off of each little point or how does that work? Pretty much. Most of your strengths will go through your number one strength. And, and when you read your descriptions, you'll see that. Um, so, um, harmony, Mm -hmm. in a way it's restorative big picture, right? Like you, (laughs) the idea of, (laughs) of having everything like be in a good place yeah. and, yeah. and, and everybody's happy and, you know, yeah, it's restorative big picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, intellection. I mean, that shows up in every one of your podcasts. Like <laughs> when you, when you get, start nerding out on all the science and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Love between it. Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're giddy already just yeah, thinking right about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's your intellection. Like you're using your brain, figuring out the connections mm-hmm. again. For what purpose? Mostly to restore. Yeah. Right? True. And, and, and that's such a cool thing. And slide right in there. Learner, the fact that um, you, you take things and you go deep with them and you learn about more of it. And then the intellection is actually processing those things and how you're going to apply them. Yeah. And then, and then you have responsibility. So responsibility is, um, it's a, it's a, it's a awesome strength, um, and and it's one though that I it's easy to get into the shadow of the strength, um, and that's a whole nother thing. Um, but each each of our strengths have a shadow, and so but the beauty of of responsibility is that it's what makes you get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Like if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, mm-hmm. and people can rely on you. People know that that you are somebody to go to because you'll do it. If you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Um, 
I do think it's it's interesting when we go with responsibility. I talk about the shadows because this is this is the part that nobody really loves. Okay. Like, and it's really important to spend a lot of time in the power of your strengths because the shadows can be overwhelming sometimes. And so responsibility is an easy one to find a shadow for because when you have the strength of, of responsibility, oftentimes you take responsibility for way more than what you need to be taking mm-hmm. responsibility for. I knew for. that's where you were going to go. Yep. <laughs> and I was thinking in my head, I was like, she's going to call me out because that is 100% accurate. <laughs> And so when you're in the shadow, like what, so obviously this is something that you, you experience. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the outcomes of taking on too much responsibility? Never ends well. It, it rarely, I shouldn't say never, it rarely ends well. Um, I, I put a lot on my shoulders and Mm -hmm. if I can't, again, fix things, I don't feel good about myself. I feel like I let other people down. Um, and it just it wears on me like both physically Mm -hmm. mentally um and just taking all of that on it i I think the biggest thing is it just weighs weighs me down affects my mood impacts my relationships it just every aspect of my life falters a little bit because i'm carrying so much i feel the weight so much and there's the effects of shadows Mm. so um, a shadow of the strength is when you overuse, misuse, or underuse okay. a strength. So you can be in the shadow when you don't even when you you feel those same ways because you aren't even able to use that strength. You're in a position where it doesn't show up. Um, but a lot of times with responsibility, it's an overuse. Like, and so um, knowing that, then that's when the conversation is about boundaries. And how, how do you put boundaries on your strengths so that they do serve um, yourself and the people around you? Mm-hmm. The shadow comes in when it ends up being more about self-serving in, in a selfish way. Mm-hmm. We want things to be serving us in a positive way, but the shadow can come into play when, um, you know, even if we really wanted to go deep, even the responsibility you, you even talked about some of your identity with mm-hmm. that. Like right. if you're not getting, if you're not able to restore, there's an identity, identity thing. That's an overuse of, of, of responsibility because your identity is not what you do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's something really difficult to peel apart. Yeah. I, I felt while I was talking about that stuff and you were asking me just like a whole shift to happen inside of my body being like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't, I don't, this, this makes me not feel good thinking that I can't help everyone or fix things. It's, right? Yeah. Right. It, it really was. Yeah, welcome like, to life God. coaching. Yeah. This is great. This is, shoot, I need this. <laughs> I have office hours, Trevor. <laughs> I'll be taking them. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So the strengths is a huge part because mm-hmm. there's, there's so much value in there. And, and I actually do, um, I do this with teams. Um, I, I like the school districts have, um, have had me come in and work with their administrative teams and things like that. Because mm-hmm. again, like being able, again, being aware of what other people's strengths are so that when you're not, you're deficient in them, there's other people who step in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really cool thing when you start doing a teamwork, but on a personal level, you got your strengths, but and then we talk about values. Okay. 
And values is one of those things that we think we know until somebody says, well, what are your values? And then we say a couple things, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and really, values are what drive our decision making. And what's even more fascinating is it, they drive our decision making regardless if we've identified what they are. And so when you are able to identify them, mm-hmm. again, there's a whole part of being intentional then with our decision making. Is this decision honoring my values? Is this decision um, hurting something? I'm feeling conflict. Oftentimes it's because our values aren't being honored. And we can't identify that because we haven't identified what our values are. Mm. So that's another process I take people through to be able to d- identify them. Um, I like that when it's lowered, you know, down to like four or five. I was going to ask: Is there a certain number that you strive for? Okay. Um, Brene Brown, who's my favorite author, she says down to two. Wow. Um, and because she she says that she's a researcher and about um, vulnerability, like mm-hmm. who researches vulnerability? <laughs> Brene Brown does. She's, I love her, um, and she. So she, she says that our decisions are based on those two values. Okay. And then being, again, when you start talking about interacting with other people, knowing what their values are um, makes a huge difference in conversation. When there's conflict, you can find out, oh, where is this coming from? Oh, it's because I don't, the, my, this value isn't being honored. Hmm. Um, and so like one of the biggest things, so when COVID hit last year and, um, I, it hit me hard, like not the actual sickness, but like the shutdowns Mm -hmm. and, and, and it hit everybody hard, but like it put me in a funk and I'm like, what is going on? Why is this affecting me so much? I I'm adaptable. Mm -hmm. I should be able to, you know, (laughs) uh, make those shifts. And what I've come to, when I looked at, I've done values work, but I didn't take the time to look back at my values. My values is freedom, community, and impact. Mm. And the top two being Taken community. Away. Yeah. And, yeah. Ripped away mm-hmm. out of no, nothing that I could do about. Yep. And so being able to recognize that, going, and then I was able to honor, okay, so this is why I feel this bad about it. Hmm. And being able to say, okay, give myself grace in it and understand where I'm coming from. And so much of that is just having self-compassion yeah. of, yeah. you know, and being able to be like, this is why you feel like this. And it makes sense. And now what are you going to do about it? Hmm. But I couldn't, until I was able to look back and see what my values were and really focus on that and understand where I'm coming from, I couldn't make any shifts. I just was sitting in it. Mm-hmm. So again, that whole self-awareness piece, being able to say, okay, this is what is, and now what? But it took me a long time to get to this is what is. Yeah. That, I can see why that's so important. And so the values, they're really broken down is what it sounds like. Is it like a, a bigger thought or theme that is just dwindled away until it just kind of presents yeah. itself? Or how does that work? I'm just trying to think of mine and like my number one that just pops into my head is like family. Like, sure. And that's probably my overall, I feel like everything I do is centered around my family, making sure that Erica and I can have that family life down the road. Um, That's a big driving behind our starting our own business. I mean, that's like probably 
number one overall. But is it things mm-hmm. like that, or are they broken down, or? Yeah, it it is things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, what the I have uh, if you go on my website, you there's a download you can do. Okay. It's a list of seventy five values. Um, and and then you narrow them down basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I if you're in my office, I do it a little differently just because it's it's a simpler way. Um, but what happens is is this bringing it down to to a couple of core things and like you said family so you get to define family that's Mm -hmm. kind of the cool thing about values whatever the value is you get to define it so people ask me well family what does that mean does that mean the people under my house does it mean my extended family um does it people that aren't related but i consider family Mm -hmm. you get to decide what the value what the definition Mm -hmm. is and and the thing is, is that my list of 75 came from a different list of over 200 and I just narrowed it down. Yeah. So there, it's not, and it's not an exhaustive list. Like that can, it can be anything. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I've learned as I help people go through their values, a lot of shoulds come up. Mm. Like, oh, this really should be a value. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And and I always say, if the word should comes into it, it probably isn't your value. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Because if you look at the list of 75 values, they're all good things. Yeah. And does that mean you don't value them? No. But is it your top values? Mm-hmm. You know, so you kind of, it, it's, a, it's a fluid thing. And the other cool thing about values is that they change. Okay. Things that I valued at age 20 are way different in my 40 something you know <laughs> yeah. um because of situation so doing values work is really actually a very cool exercise to do on a regular basis huh. to see if they shifted at all yeah that's really interesting and that's probably a very beneficial thing for everybody to do i mean right off the top of my head my number two would probably be freedom and mm-hmm. thinking about how i want like the family life it, it would it makes total sense it's just like and the driving factor behind those things it's i've never thought of that before though until you brought it up and it's like oh, this welcome. Is, yeah right <laughs> this is all kind of coming full circle everything huh interesting cool well thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> um and then the third step you said there's three three steps yeah phase. the third one is your story okay and um and Brene Brown talks about how story tells us who you are, where you came from, and what you're up against. And so as a coach, I, I need to get, we need to get into your story mm-hmm. to see what you're up against. That's probably tough. Because that's how you're going to move forward, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it, when you look at your story, one of the things that I, I get to do when I, when I, I sit and listen to your story like your hour long story. Mm. When's the last time you sat for an hour and told your story? I don't know. Like full life story? Yeah. Wow. Ever? I don't know if I've maybe maybe Erica's heard it a couple couple of times. She's probably the only one, honestly. Sure. Yeah. So one of the things and I didn't know how much I loved it um until that was actually one of the assignments my coach gave me. Okay. Uh, when I started coaching, he said, I want you to find 10 people who are willing to share their hour story with you. Hmm. And 
Uh, and it was so powerful on two parts of it. First of all, for me to hear, for somebody to be willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm, with me and, and trust me with their story, huge. Um, and then to see them experience being heard for an hour mm-hmm. that their story mattered. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happens when you start sharing your story, first of all, you start remembering things that you hadn't remembered. Yeah. and. And then what I get to do is find the themes, like what keeps showing up. Because when we tell our story, we're in the midst of the story mm-hmm. and we don't see it from the outside. And that's what I get to do is mm. to see the things on the outside. Um, Atul, uh, Atul Gawande, he's a surgeon and he has a coach and he pushes um, coaching because he saw how much it benefited his, his, sur- his, his um, work in, his, in the surgery room. And um, operating room. That was what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, and and he, the, this is the best description I've heard when it comes to story as coaches. He says, a, a good coach is the outside eyes and ears giving you a more accurate description of your reality. Mm-hmm. And, Powerful. I, and that's what I get to do is give an outside mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and I pull the themes out and, and when we look at the themes, then we get to, those are the things that, that, um, get in our way. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I did my work on it, my story, I, the short version is, um, my story is from guilt to grace. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of guilt. I found ways to be guilty about anything and everything. And, um, and when I was able to recognize that theme from little on, now I know that that's what I work against. If I, have, if I get that awareness, like, oh my gosh, there's that feeling of guilt. Where is that coming from? Because I need to, I need to work on it. I need to get rid of that mm. in order to move forward. So recognizing that theme has been huge in my growth and my progress. And I get to do that for other people. See those themes so that because we make agreements as we do life. We start making rules about how we're going to do life. And some of those rules are really, really necessary and help us move forward. Some of those rules are not at all. We make these agreements that, that have no positive reason to be there. Um, and it could have been a, a something that somebody said once and we held on to it and, and said, that's truth when it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the types of things that I get to bring out and we get to then dive in and again, be at be aware of what is so that now we can move through and and you'll hear me talk about moving through things because i don't believe in getting over things it is really working through it because that's way harder Mm -hmm. if we try to get over it we're still not dealing with what the issue is Mm -hmm. and and it'll keep showing up but if we can acknowledge what the issue is and work through it now we're going to make progress man that is so rewarding and that is that was awesome. Um, I was just, I was zoned in. That, that was amazing. Um, have you read the book by uh, The Obstacles Away? No. By Ryan Holiday? It, okay. It basically speaks on what you were just talking about. How when an obstacle is presented, the first reaction we want is to find the easiest way around it. We don't want to go through but when you basically without ruining the entire book it's a phenomenal book but basically you go through those things and on the other side of it 
is where the reward's going to be, where the light is going to be, where basically you're going to find all this growth and you can look back and be like, wow, I went through that. I made it out. Look how strong I am. Yeah. It's an awesome book. And it's so powerful and it's so much work, but it is not, it's not pleasant. No, no <laughs> not at all. It's not. So that, and, and so, you know, people often ask me like, well, who's your ideal client, you know, and, and, you know, get into the business stuff mm-hmm. of it, you know, that I love so much. <laughs> um, but, and what it took me a long time to recognize that it's not a demographic, mm-hmm. it is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do the hard work? so that you can keep moving forward because it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy road, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a well worth it road. hundred percent. And just when you were talking, I was, I was kind of, you know, had thoughts popping into my mind about my story and I can just see how difficult it could be to open up and just let it out. I mean, no wonder people are crying. It's, I mean, man, that, that's a powerful thing to do. And, you know, and so interestingly enough, how many of our stories are riddled with shame? Mm-hmm. And the thing that feeds shame the most is silence, mm-hmm. being quiet. And so when you start telling your story, when you start speaking it out loud, it gets brought to the light. And shame starts to dwindle mm. just by speaking it. it. It may last there a little bit, but it's, it can, does not have the power yeah. that it does when yeah. you stay silent. Mm. The power and of so words, being huh? able to see mm-hmm. that coming out of it um, and being able to work through the shame and being able to, to bring it to the light. Because what, what we are learning is that the more you share um, vulnerability begets vulnerability. So hmm. if you're willing to be vulnerable, that gives space for other people to be vulnerable. And then that's when those connections come. And then again, I'm such a community person mm-hmm. that the community really can be built with vulnerability at, the, at its core. For sure. That's awesome. This is all awesome. Thanks. Everybody needs, needs this. Everybody can benefit from something like this. I feel like because so many people just hang on to things. Myself, I, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> I, that's what I do. I, if I can't, well, fix you it, know, you yeah. probably feel responsible for it. So, <laughs> going right back to that. Yep. Right? <laughs> it all and that's back. what's so fun. I when I get to work with people, I one of one of my clients is, and how brilliant she is. She she's a college student, and and I actually met with her this morning, and and I'm like. You, the fact that you are making these steps, the fact that you are working at age 21 on these things, it's way easier to shift those beliefs at age 21 than 41. Mm-hmm. You, you still have 20 years to un- unlearn, yeah. <laughs> but that's easier than 40 years to unlearn. Yeah. And, and so um, it's been just a joy to watch her just grab onto it right now. And, and she's always like, and it comes right back to my strengths, doesn't it? I'm like, yes, it does. Always. That's, I mean, that's clear as day, even just in this brief conversation, how everything just circles right back. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy sitting down, taking, I think it was 177 question test can Mm -hmm. provide so much information. Yeah. I mean, it took me maybe a half hour. 
It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. And, and, and you can read the insights again, but again, to have um, somebody else walking by on your side right. and helping you see things that you normally wouldn't see mm-hmm. um, is, is such a cool thing to experience. And, you know, you say everybody could use this. That, that's one of my themes. Like everybody needs a life coach. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> everybody oh, does. Yeah, I'm sold. I mean, 100%. It's, it just seems like, and like you said, on the outside, it's so much easier to identify some things that uh, us, like ourselves, neglect or put on the back burner as not being significant when really it probably could be very significant to why some things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and we see things through a lens, right? Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. And our lens is developed by our story. Our lens is developed by our, our experiences. We only know what we can know and, and we don't know what we don't know. So um, having somebody else come on the outside to recognize, hey, that that lens is is from a space of of you know being made fun of as a kid. So when somebody says something, that's the filter. Like they're saying something negative when it, it may not have been anything negative at all, but that was that was the filter that we saw it through. And so being able to recognize those things, like and stepping outside of what we know and our experiences, um, and which is. It was ga- such a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Such a game changer. I believe that, I, and I feel like it would be a game changer for many people as well. Agreed. Hmm. Agreed. Awesome. Well, you got me really thinking more. <laughs> this is what I do, right? Go back to number three: intellectual right. conversations. Love it. <laughs> right. So true. Yep. It's that's just incredible. Um, I don't know if. What else would you like us to know, or what else would you like people to know? This. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I I think um, the thing that I would like people to know, especially like I said, uh, the word coach means a lot, and you mm-hmm. can Google life coach, and you're going to get a lot of names. And if there's if this is something that you are interested in, um, do your research. Mm-hmm. And, and find the people there, there's certifications, um, there's certifications that take $14,000 to get, and there's certifications that are $25 to get. Um, so to say I'm a certified life coach can mean a lot of different Mm -hmm, things. I'm not a certified life coach. I, I was licensed for a while through Nexecute, which was a company in Michigan that does, um, that does the executive coaching. Um, and, to me, um, what, what matters is if you're looking for a life coach, make sure that life coach has a coach. Mm. Make sure they're walking the, walking the talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and by doing your research, things like there's almost every coach will give you a complimentary call. Mm. Take them up on that. Mm-hmm. Find out if there's a connection. See if there's, you know, if it's going to hit the pieces that you want to hit, it's a place of vulnerability. So you want to be in a space that you are comfortable being vulnerable in because you're not going to get the work done if you're uncomfortable or aren't willing to go to those deep spaces. Mm -hmm. So um, that that's usually my advice when looking for it. Um, And it is different than therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I talk about story. We do story. Um, I don't, 
I don't heal your story. Therapists can help heal. That's not to say that by becoming aware and stuff like that doesn't provide healing, but the goal isn't to heal. That's not, I don't have, I didn't go to college <laughs> to finish that up. <laughs> I went to college, but I didn't, you know, I right. didn't go back to school to get my degree right. in counseling. Um, and there's a space for that. Um, and coaching and counseling can work right next to each other. And, um, and so don't go to a coach and expect therapy because mm -hmm. it's not. Um, that's a good they're, distinction. They're valuable. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I had wanted to clear that up. So I'm, I'm glad that that was brought up because I wanted to, people to know that there was a difference and just what that difference was. Yes. So that's, that's very yep. good. And the fact that they go, they, they piggyback and they complement each other so well it is so important. It's important to know and to understand that for sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I need to reflect. So, okay. So. <laughs> Which is awesome because usually I end a session with what were your takeaways? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can tell you that I've identified a lot about myself in the strength, simply by the strength test. Mm. Um, and it makes total sense when I look at them and then when I sit back and think what I value and how they all come full circle. They all they really do. It's, it's a lot. I got a lot going on in my head right now. <laughs> and that's, that Excellent. says a lot because I always have a lot going on, but I have like double the amount going on right now. And it's like deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably need a nap after this. <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like. I, I feel fatigued. <laughs> I'm just having a conversation. Is, that's a real thing. That is a real thing. Yeah, I, I bet. So I guess going off of that, what what can people expect afterwards or, or in between? Um, is there like homework assignments? Is there, how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So again, it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. um, I had a new client yesterday. She's like, bring on the homework. Like, all right. Um, and, and a lot of the homework are things, things like journaling. Okay. Um, and journaling is such a crazy beast because some people freak out at even, at even the word journaling. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning is that everyone, everyone can journal if you reframe it and hmm. figure out what's the hang up. So um, one of my clients from a couple of years ago, and she, I share this story because it, it's very normal, but she didn't think it was normal, but she could, she could not get herself to journal. And as we went through a process of questioning and things, what she came to the conclusion of is that a pretty journal, the thought of filling a whole page was stressing her out. So she just didn't do it. Do oh, it. Wow. So she literally bought one of those little assignment notebooks and started writing in there okay. because filling up a page there was simple. Hmm. And so, and I can still remember the day she came with a little bit bigger notebook. She's like, look, I upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> so the things that catch us that get us on journaling or not knowing what to say or the fear of somebody finding it or whatever the hang up is the goal is to find out that hang up and then address it and and make it happen because journaling is such a beautiful tool mm -hmm. getting things and 
you could probably do the. I'll just throw this at you, Mr. Learner, because you could probably do the research. I won't do the research, but somebody. Yeah, <laughs> somebody let me know what you well. got. <laughs> there's a there's a physiological thing that happens when we write pen to paper, and and put it out there, and it removes our the emotion out of it, and um, and so it helps us process. It helps us um, work through. And the amount of, and it doesn't matter if you're writing, like you can write pages or jot notes down, like journaling doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, it doesn't, you know, I remember having a beautiful, beautiful journal and then not wanting to write in it. Cause what mm -hmm. if I wrote something that wouldn't be so pretty? Like mm -hmm. we get hung up on weird things that'll keep us from doing these really good things for us. Yeah. Um, and so like, even with my new client yesterday, I'm like, journaling she's like oh, i don't know about journaling i said what if you journaled for you know two minutes mm -hmm. oh you can do that absolutely <laughs> you know like That's we have rules point. on yes. it yes we it's like oh we better sit down in our chair and bring out our journal with our coffee and yeah. it's gonna look all pretty right it doesn't have to be that okay. and so taking the rules off of that kind of thing mm -hmm. is really helpful so yeah. um it might be journaling we do a lot of work with um with the strengths like what are you noticing mm -hmm. take note of where is that strength showing up and how are you using it? Okay. Um, little things like that. And again, I meet you where you're at. Yep. So I was just going to say it's all individualized, I'm sure. Yep. That, yep. That's awesome. And I don't know what you're going to need. It's, yep. And even yesterday's client, she was like, well, um, so next week, will it be something different? I mm. said, I don't know yet. Yep. We'll see what next week brings. Yeah. That's <laughs> honestly, I, I had somebody, uh, a, a handful of people this morning and one came in and I was like, okay, like, this is my thought, but let's see what we're doing. Completely threw out what I had written down and just had to go with what they were presenting with today because at that time, that was more important than the rest of it. And, you know, just right. especially with what, what they have coming up, it, it was like, we need to get this calmed down um, or taken care of. And it, it is, it's, you can plan and you can maybe have an idea, but you never know. And just no. being able to adapt to the per again adaptability. There you go. Right um, to any given week and any given situation that might present itself. I'm sure it, it, to me that's invaluable. The, the individuality of it is invaluable. And it's and I love doing it. And that and to be honest with you, Trevor, recognizing adaptability as a strength mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Like and because the shadow of of adaptability is um, you can it looks like you don't care mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter mm. um because it i don't need everything in in order to make something work mm -hmm. and so um my husband does so like when he's going to make breakfast he has to clean the whole kitchen before he makes breakfast you should ask erica what i do right <laughs> after the meals are done <laughs> clean it up i feel yep. your husband i gotta i gotta talk to this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and whereas I, I just work right over the mess because I don't need it cleaned up to, mm. to have it work. And so recognizing even our marriage to recognize that that was a strength mm. for both of us to see that and for him to recognize that it's not that I don't care. It's just does, it actually doesn't occur to me because I don't need it in order to function. Makes so much sense. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and so anyway, that was kind of going back, but, uh, that, that was such a huge part of me like recognizing like this is a good thing mm -hmm. this is a good thing 
and and being able to see it then in other areas and now my husband appreciates it like right. if we're going to do something and something might shift or whatever he's like i'm tapping into your adaptability today because this isn't going how i planned okay. you know um and being able to recognize the beauty of that strength wow. was so cool because i just never had seen the cool the beauty of it yeah so. and i would imagine relationships becoming stronger when you identify both of those things or, or both yes. like strengths absolutely huh. absolutely that's awesome i i love the message especially coaches need coaches i i i hear that a lot you know we have um a relationship with some crossfit coaches and they always say like we need our own coaches and just people in general need coaches and we have a business coach um a few of them and they actually gifted me a journal that is still sitting in the box because it was daunting to me um to sit down and write in it but just how you were explaining it i was thinking my head is always running and if i can just jot down little notes throughout the day to, and put it to paper that might help one organize but two just calm myself like okay it's written down i don't need to worry about it right now yes mm. oh so good mm -hmm. yes and it doesn't have to be pretty it yeah. doesn't have to be succinct it's for you and you only mm -hmm. i'm gonna start using that and that's yeah it's so good yeah Awesome. Okay. Well, now I even got more. We could keep talking, but now I'm just going to, I'm just keep <laughs> thinking and stuff's just going to keep coming up. This was amazing. Um, truly amazing. Um, so three questions. Mm -hmm. Ready? Yes. What is your favorite health related book? I, you know, when wow. I first read the question, I was freaking out because health is what it's so easy to go right to like what you do yeah, and, right. and all of that. And then I'm like, that's not what you do, Jenny. Focus on what you do. <laughs> so um, I talked about Brene Brown a few times. Mm -hmm. And um, one of her first books is called The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm. And um, she focuses on story. The very, very first sentence in right in the preface is owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. Wow. That's the opening sentence. Yes. That could be a book. Yes. Like, that should be up on people's walls. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, and so she really was the first person. I've read all of her books and, and how much of the things we talked about. Like I based my coaching on her philosophies mm -hmm. of vulnerability and story and um, talk about expectations and things like that. But uh, the gifts of imperfection, especially in a world like this where we're always comparing yes. And we only see the tip of the iceberg. And so we only see the perfect things. Mm -hmm. And there's so much giftedness in imperfection mm -hmm. that we don't let happen. And, and spoiler alert, the, the gifts are courage, compassion, and connection. Mm. And, and it's, not a, it's not a big book. It's um, literally 135 pages. Okay. Um, but it's... it's at the core of what she she teaches and at the core of how i do coaching yeah awesome 135 pages but it's probably a lot to take in it is yeah. yep it's not a quick it, it can be you can read it right. pretty quickly it's not like scientific where you have, but um what's so cool about it then is you go back to the chunks mm. and like okay that's right i want to focus on this this mm -hmm. section right now um and like i've walked uh clients through this book and literally have spent a whole lot of time on that very first sentence yeah I, like loving ourselves through our story mm -hmm. like 
we don't think about doing that. Never. That never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. That's, that's strong. Um, your favorite health-related related activity in the Green Bay area? So um, my f- I, have, I have five kids. Mm-hmm. Um, four of them are biological, and I have a foster who's not really foster anymore, but he's still one of ours. Nice. Um, and we've had a lot of people, kids have been a big part of our life. Mm-hmm. And so we are big on play. Mm-hmm. And the parks in Green Bay are super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I homeschooled my kids for a while and then Fridays would be like field trip day. And so oftentimes that was going to a park and which park and let's try this park. And, you know, from Frisbee golfing to like Town Park is super fun. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite memories, and he'll be mortified that I shared this, is <laughs> my, <laughs> but um, my, my youngest, uh, you know, they have the 40 yard dash. Yeah, that's fun. So this was a couple of years ago, but um, we did it and I beat him. Wow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he was, he was mortified and he's like, mom, it's just that I never see you run like that. So I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Thanks kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, the parks are awesome. And um, I was just trying to get away from your hikes that everybody else. Is everybody, <laughs> everybody. And like, I never know what to say back because we go, but we've only been to a couple and everybody just, I was going to say that's the number one thing that I hear. And it's like, well, I know what I need to be doing every single weekend this summer. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. But the parks, just all the different ones in all the areas, mm-hmm. there's so many. That's and awesome. yeah, Frisbee golfing. And there's, there's hiking in a lot of those mm-hmm. too. And um, all the playgrounds and oh. the fun names my kids made for them. You know, <laughs> right. That, Memories. I love the park. Yeah. Yeah. My 40 yard dash at Title Town you know, it just magically keeps declining every year. So I really got to work on that. <laughs> it's a, that's a fun place to go. I love just being around that atmosphere too. I mean, I bleed green and gold. I, I love Lambo. It's, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally, what is a piece of advice that you would give to somebody, uh, you know, looking to either take back their life or start to change their lifestyle habits? I would say find yourself a community of people um, and, and whether it's joining something, but, but surround yourself with, with people who love you, that care about you enough to say the hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big group. Um, I, the, it, I, I have a, Two friends that I meet with every Tuesday morning. We get up early at six thirty and have coffee, and and we do life together. And they're willing to call out the hard things. They're willing to celebrate the great things. Um, and doing life with a core group of people can change your life. And um, we've done some hard things in our with our with fostering and and having other people live with us and mm-hmm. things like that. And and people will say, oh, you know, that's so great. You guys, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we were able to say yes to hard things because of the people who walked through with us. Mm-hmm. And so that community of people, if you don't have it, look for it. Be intentional with finding it. It doesn't just happen. You have to be willing to look for it. Find people that you already know. Who are you, who are you willing to trust and be vulnerable with? Um, 
that's such a huge piece of mental wellness and um and being having courage to do those hard things Mm -hmm. that happens because of the people you surround yourself with so find those people and find that core group that you're willing to just do life together perfect great advice thank you that was good Mm -hmm. that that's good that's strong um i i can't say enough jenny this was awesome (laughs) um Thanks, if, Trevor. if people want to reach out to you, contact you, where can they go? Website, social pages, what you got? Yeah, um, my website, jennyshubring.com. Um, there's a thing at almost every page is book a call. Uh, it's mm-hmm. free, like get to know me. Like it, and it, it says 30 minutes. I'm not very good at hard stops. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, like if we were talking longer, right? Um, yep. You know, at, and then I'm also on Facebook. I ha- I'm, on, I'm everywhere, but Facebook is probably where I'm most active. Um, and that's, uh, it's Jenny Shoebrake Coaching, um, just because I wanted my name to be associated with it because it's easier to search then. Um, yeah. And then, or message me, any of those things. I am, my phone number's out there too. Feel free to call, text. I, I love making the connection. Regardless if you are, you know, if, if coaching isn't something you, that you want to do, I still love connecting. I love hearing people's stories. I love finding ways to support. Um, and that's what I loved about what you're doing, Trevor, is that you're, you know, like I listen to your pay. If you haven't listened to the past podcast, go listen to the past pod- <laughs> podcast because I, I'm excited to get to know those people and to know that they're local, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Um, I love what you're doing. And so, yep, uh, I would love connecting. So if you want to connect, I legit mean it, like connect and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> yes. And I'm not a hard seller. You're not going to walk away feeling forced into anything. Because <laughs> coaching is one of those things that you, you need to be ready for and, and you need to be willing to do. Um, and if you're not, I still want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll, we will be sure to uh, tag the website and any contact information um, in the notes or on the social uh, media pages as well. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Well, Jenny, again, thank you. This was amazing. So I, I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Trevor. I love being able to share the message because yeah. it's one that needs to be heard. Awesome. Great. And as always, guys, we will uh, see you next time. Thanks. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.